Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Have you heard about Sugar Mama's Cookies? Sugar Mama's Cookies is located in North Las Vegas, Nevada, and run by Thomas and Heather Morris. Thomas and Heather Morris started Sugar Mama's Cookies as a way to utilize Heather's former skills as a pastry chef to teach their teens with special needs about job skills and to raise awareness in the community. Thomas and Heather are the proud parents of nine children, and they take great pride in creating delicious treats for you to enjoy. Included on the menu of Sugar Mama's cookies are scooped cookies such as chocolate chip, ginger snaps, Cody's salted caramel, lemonade, oatmeal raisin, oatmeal spice, peanut snickerdoodle, sugar, triple chocolate, and their cookie of the month. Reach out to Sugar Mama's cookies at S-U-G-A-H-M-O-M-M-A-S-C-O-O-K-I-E-S dot com. That's Sugar Mama's cookies dot com. Or contact them at 702-790-3418. Sugar Mama's Cookies, what can we bake for you? Welcome, everybody, to FASD Hope. I am thrilled. I think this is the most people I've ever interviewed at one time. I am speaking with the members of Kansas FASD Support Network. I'm really excited to be speaking with them today and to learn about their journey. And I also want to highlight the awesome advocacy they did in getting their legislators on board the FASD Respect Act. So what they did was so awesome. So I'm going to go around and have each member just introduce themselves and um, how they became affiliated with Kansas FASD Support Network. Thank you, Natalie. Um, I'm Kathy White, and um, I am a bio mom of five, adoptive mom of one, um, spend a lot of my time Ubering my kids all over in my very large semi 15 passenger van. I never thought. I'm just five, two and a half, never thought I would be driving a semi, um, at least it feels that way. Uh, former youth minister, I now, um, I'm also a photographer, freelance photographer. So part of the gift of what we've been doing in Kansas is I'm always carrying my camera and documenting what we're doing, which has been um, super fun just to have the memories and just recorded. Yeah, I believe that we started on this journey. Uh, Kat and I sort of met and decided we would, we need to do something. So we can talk more about that once everyone has a chance to interview themselves. Hi, I'm Kat. Um, I am a social worker by training. I am a bio foster and adoptive mom. Um, I came into FAS world um, about uh, 12 or 15 years ago two boys that were diagnosed ADHD. Um, It was quickly apparent it was something more. They were um, diagnosed with full um, FAS and um, all the severe categories. So I've since become a parent trainer and advocate. Um, I do a lot of speaking in um, various genres, whether it's schools, churches, community groups, et cetera, and do a lot of training on um, fostering, adopting, and um, FASD and how to 
live and support those through it. Hey, my name is Jonathan Stahl. Um, I am a professional advocate uh, for kiddos uh, with um, this. I am a special education teacher. I've seen a lot of kiddos go through my classroom um, that have this, and I really advocate in the school system uh, for teachers to uh, understand what this is, to be aware, uh, and to really help these kids out in the class. Hello, my name is Cammie Bean. I'm Cammie from Kansas, and my husband and I are parents to four boys. We have uh, three that are on the spectrum of fetal alcohol and one that's biological. And we began our journey uh, as we adopted our first son and have always known that there needs to be more help in this world to help children with that are on the spectrum. So that's how I became um, connected with this. And I guess I'm next. My name is Stacy Crow. And I am the mom to 23 kiddos, uh, 13 biological, eight that are adopted, two that are fostering with one of them that we will hopefully adopt soon. Of our kids, uh, our first five came to us. Never ever in my life had I heard of FAS. And uh, one of the workers right before we adopted said that, uh, oh, here's some paperwork to fill out for for uh, uh, appointment they have to go to. So come to find out it was FAS. And after lots of research, all five of the children that we originally adopted, our first five siblings, they all had FAS. And so I've had to learn a lot about it. And my friend Kat has kind of been a real support and guidance for me. And so I want others to have that same support as they venture out into this. And so that's where I stepped up to be on the board and hope that we can get more information out there for other families that end up in this situation. I guess I might be next. I am Holly Bain and I am a single adoptive parent of three FASD kids and have fostered over 40. And I have learned through the School of Hard Knocks dealing with these children and raising them about FASD and the tremendous effects that they have on our lives and the lives of those around us. And I became a part of this group so that I could help educate all of those that are involved with FASD kids, whether they realize it or not, and help them through their journey and help other parents as well as other children through the journey of FASD. I am in South Central Kansas, kind of in no man's land. And I too drive a 12 passenger bus, did not think that my first new vehicle in 2015 was going to be a 12 passenger van. So I agree with those others that God does have a sense of humor and has joined us together for a reason. I love it. That's the best intro I think I've ever had. And I've like, I feel like I was a director pointing you're next, you're next, you're next. So a couple of little behind the scenes notes. When Stacy said to her number of children that she's parented, my eyes got really big and Kat was laughing. <laughs> so just to let you know that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when we record our episodes. We are airing this episode in November, which is Adoption Awareness Month. And we all have been touched by adoption in some way or another, whether parent, professional, we, everybody here in this group today has a story to share about how they've been touched by adoption and how most importantly, how we need to support not only adoptees and those in the adoption community, but of course, 
FASD and those that are impacted by FASD, because we know the statistics and we know the need for supports and services and awareness, especially. So I'm going to start with Kathy. Let's just talk about the history of Kansas FASD support network, because you all in a very short period of time have grown from like grassroots parent professional advocates to this awesome force of advocacy. So let's talk about your beginnings. Thank you, Natalie. I just have to say when I talk about this team of, of parent advocates, professionals, I sometimes get most times get weepy. Um, and I'm just humbled um, as I'm sort of, I don't, want to be leading the charge, um, but it's so it sometimes seems to be. And um, yes, when you hear everyone's story, it's amazing and beautiful and um, so very thankful at, at the faith of everyone in this group that, that um, we respond to the call, you know? So um, we responded to the call um, by God to, to do what we do. And um, I love also about this group of individuals as we respond to each other in kindness and love and faith. And so I just, uh, I don't, that's not really, it is a big part of what, why we came together and why this group um, is doing such amazing things because it's really not about us, but being open to what the Lord has for us. That's just, um, you know, Amen. I, I think I can share that on this. Um, oh, oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're all about. I love that. And I love hearing how you all have come together and that you responded to the call by God. And that to me just resonates really, you know, because that's how we feel about FASD hope. And let's talk about your phenomenal growth and just how, again, how you went from such a humble beginning as a, a group of parents, professionals, advocates, really, I want to say I've noticed, cause I've been following you all for a while. I've noticed, especially in the past six months, seven months this year, let's talk about that. And, and just how this wonderful organization just grew. Um, me personally, I think it was kind of like all of us um, on the FASD journey, just underwater, just taking a breath and, you know, trying to stay afloat. Um, when I learned about the FASD project, um, and that's uh, the film documentary, um, the FASD project.org, um, a little back history about the project. Um, it's been accepted into three film um, festivals and has won one award as a topic of symposium at this year's ProofCon, which is really amazing. Um, when I learned about the film, I offered, um, you know, as a photographer, if you need anything for stills, I'm, I'd be happy to do what I can to help. And, um, you know, when you volunteer for something and you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> um, I got to travel and it wasn't like astronomically difficult, but what I, um, I got to travel to Colorado. Um, and also we did a shoot here in Kansas, um, just to get some stills. And so when you watch, um, the film, you'll see a lot of, a lot of the individuals are Kansas families, um, or Kansas kids. But what I realized at that time, um, when I met these families here and in Colorado was, we're all on 
unique, like a uniquely different journey, but they're all intrinsically the same. And that we're all struggling, especially in Kansas. Like I didn't even know there was any other families that were going through this journey. And so I just, once I met the families that I did, and one of them is Cami, and one of them, uh, one of the gals on our team is not here, Kristen, um, and then another gal who, um, and I backtrack, as this team has grown, not everyone has been able to like lead the charge or join me in this level, but we still support all families from Kansas. And so one of the other gals has a couple of kiddos um, and she's in med school and can't really do, I think she's med school, um, can't really take on the leadership that this team has. Uh, we still support her. Anyway, we started meeting with these families um, as kind of a support group. Uh, meeting out for coffee or whatever and just saying who do you know what clinics are good who you know how how can we support each other and how do you navigate the school system or you know and we would we did that for a while um and I met Kat I think at a training uh, virtual training and then at the re-conference um, which is a foster and adoptive conference um Kat and I attended um one of Dr. Wesley Jones, he did um, a presentation on FASD and he did a breakout session. And my husband was watching it from work on his lunch break as we have this breakout session. And he said that it was almost like a tennis match between Kat and then my comment and then Kat's comment and then my comment. And then, um, and Dr. Jones was like, well, yes, 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 you know, and as we all know, as parents with kiddos on the spectrum, we become experts and Kat is an expert um, by her training. Um, and so she and I met soon thereafter and, and just kind of brainstormed and dreamed. Like we, we need to help these Kansas families. So we did, um, we just started building, you know, if you build it, they will come, you know, from, I have a, I have a kiddo who loves baseball. Um, as we sort of built this foundation, um, people just kind of presented themselves. Dr. Jones is on our advisory board. I've got a um, physical therapist on our advisory board, occupational therapist on our advisory board. Um, oh, an attorney who has a kiddo on the spectrum who is helping us out. So it has been um, beautiful how it's come together. And um, that was, I feel like maybe February, March-ish. Um, and that's kind of when things took off for the FASD Respect Act. And uh, so we started, again, I, I don't really know how this is happening because I am not political, but all of a sudden, you know, we're reaching out to our senators and they're taking our call. And then we're re reaching out to another house representative um, and they're taking our call. And so all of a sudden we're having all these Zoom meetings. We attended, uh, we have attended, I think, three town hall meetings. Uh, for two senators and one house rep and Senator Brand, amazing, just um, so open to hear what we had to say and said we would sit down, he would, he would sit down with us and talk about the act. And then a couple of weeks later, I got this call that I was like, it says unknown number. Should I answer it? Should I not? I will. And then it was kind of muffled. And then it was like, Kathy White. And I was like, 
that's me. And he said, this is Jerry Moran. And I was like, Jerry Moran, my new best friend. And so he's amazing and said, I'm calling you to let you know we're, I'm co-sponsoring the bill. I think it's worthy of my time and your, and thank you for all that you're doing. We probably spent 15 or 20 minutes on the call and I was just blown away. And I feel like that sort of springboarded that and this team has springboarded us to like, let's do this. It springboarded you all to rock star status because when that happened, okay, and I have the blessing and honor of interviewing those state networks, those FASD networks from all around the country. And they're part of my favorite interviews because I get to talk to just hear what's going on in your state. Okay, what you all did, y'all had T-shirts. That was like incredible. You had these t-shirts about the FASD Act. And we, so we all participate in the FASD Respect Act monthly advocacy call. And it was so cool because your story, like it, it was like fireworks happened. I mean, I remember hearing it and then seeing the pictures you guys are rock stars. I think you're being very humble, Kathy. You guys are rock stars because what you did just like, it just motivated us in states all around the country to say, look what Kansas did. Oh my gosh, look what Kansas did. They showed up to the town hall, they wore t-shirts and they got a co-sponsor, which was phenomenal. So I, on behalf of, you know, a parent advocate in a different state, Thank you for what you all did, because that really was a catalyst and really just sparked advocates in all other states to say, hey, look what they did. We can do this. So I am just so thankful for that. That really, you know, set things off. And then I think the momentum has continued. You're, you're still you guys are still just just making action and support and awareness and advocacy for Kansas and setting such a great example for all of us in, in all of the rest of the states. So thank you on behalf, again, on behalf of me, thank you for doing that, guys. You all really just, you kicked up advocacy like two notches. It was just so great. It was so great. I thank you. And I, I think we would all agree. I, I don't think anyone, one of us thinks it's any of us. I really don't. Th I think we're just being open to, you know, what we need to do to advocate for kiddos, um, adults, individuals on the spectrum. Um, and, it, and it took a team effort. I have to say that that day of Jerry Moran, Senator Jerry Moran's town hall, I was at a photography shoot for the like up until I drove in and threw my shirt on over my photography and like showed up and but it took um one of the gals who isn't on leadership of this team but certainly part of you know our overall network or um she went and picked up the t-shirts and another like and then you know someone had them made and then she went and picked them up because i was at the shoot like how it all comes together it's beautiful and it's it's you know synergy and it's it's not, it's not me or anyone, but all together. I so. love that. And, and really the true definition of teamwork and the true definition of we're advocating as a group for a community. And you all just have so much passion for your advocacy. And I, I admire that. And a, a, another backstory, little um, FYI, we interviewed Christina and Justin from the FASD project uh, 
about a year ago, honestly. Their episode is episode 17. If you want to go back in the archives and listen, 17, which was aired November 26, 2020, the FASD project. So I love, love how you all connected with them because I think it's just such an amazing, amazing work that needs to be out there and, and needs to be supported and viewed. So I want to talk to you guys about what besides again the the rock star advocacy that you're doing what else do you offer to families in Kansas you you shared that you have a support group what are some of the other support services things events activities that you all offer to those families in Kansas who are affected by FASD I will say um and I maybe Kat can jump in but um it because the advocacy has been the forefront because this bill is on the floor and we need, you know, that has sort of uh, taken the front seat a little. Um, but yeah, I would love it. Kat, you can talk a little bit kind of where. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, I've done a lot of trainings um, because of COVID. Obviously, we, we've moved a lot of things um, virtually, but we've done a, trainings with the. Um, group here with foster and adoptive families, um, K park, which is the Kansas post adoption resource center. And through that, um, then I, I sent out, you know, a, a questionnaire and we've, we've gotten responses from families all across the state and what they need. So we'll be doing a lot of trainings. We're going to look at, um, how we could really connect families and help them with, um, their local school districts doing in services with the school districts around the state and, and help them understand um, because we all know um, this is um, affecting, you know, so many kids already in the schools. However, we know we're going to have an epidemic post pandemically because we've had so many people at home drinking and so many people unaware of the, the, the crisis that's, that's going to come. So we're going to do a lot of that. We're going to do a lot of support um, things. Uh, you know, my vision um, is hopefully next year we'll be able to host a, a conference and training, you know, just for a retreat for families um, and, and see what we can go from there. So it's just been phenomenal, you know, like Kathy said, connecting with other people um, and the advocacy that is happening right now. And, and we even have ag- advocacy working via word of mouth. You know, we have one of our parent um, parents who they're, they're friends with another one of our representatives here and her husband was on a fishing trip and, and, you know, we're getting another co-sponsor. So I'm waiting for that, you know, to, to, to hit as well, but it, you know, it's just been phenomenal to it's be hit. able to give that, um, information out to say, Hey, here it is. We're here. You're not alone. And I think that is most of our state is so rural that that has been another blessing for, I think, those folks that are in central and western Kansas because it's so rural, um, you know, and we're all spread out. But it that has been one blessing with the COVID and, and trainings and information moving um, virtually in Zoom that we can have support groups and, and trainings online. Yeah, we, we call it the silver lining of COVID because a lot of guests, we're all shaking our heads, yes, a, a lot of guests have, have been on FASD Hope has shared the silver lining of COVID is that accessibility has been far better for us than if we had met in person. So we're getting more support online groups, which is reaching more people, you know, because we all know as parents, caregivers, loved ones, it's really hard for us to get out and go somewhere, physically get out, arrange childcare and everything. 
it is much easier to go online to to an online Zoom support group and you know, not have to worry about all the logistics behind that. So I'm really glad you're mentioning that, Kat, because that does seem to be a, a reoccurring theme with a lot of our state support groups is that there is that silver lining in that accessibility, especially for rural states, you know, myself included, North Carolina, you know, I'm in a very rural part of North Carolina. So a big silver lining of COVID was that boost in technology and that boost in, hey, let's let's advocate online and get together. So I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Kat. Before we talk about some goals for the end of the year and 2022, we have such a diverse group here. I'm going to take advantage of this. I would like everyone to go around and tell this is Adoption Awareness Month. And we're also speaking about FASD because we know how FASD significantly impacts both the foster and adoption communities. So I'd like everybody just to share one sentence about one thing you want our listeners to know about FASD. And it can be a personal thing. It can be anything. But what's one thing that you really want to, to send out? Because we have such a wonderfully diverse group here right now. And you all are united in advocacy. So I'm going to start with Kathy, and then we're going to go around the Zoom as I'm going to trademark that, by the way. And let's talk about just one thing you want people to know about FASD. I think the biggest thing that I hear when I speak with professionals or lay people or, um, you know, even legislators, that FAS, that, that fetal alcohol thing, that affects babies, right? That's the thing that affects babies. And to me, um, of course, we know um, that's when a lot of times it is identified or maybe not even, but those babies grow up to become adults and um, their brain damage doesn't go away. And we obviously early intervention, you know, and all the things that we can do to support the individual. Um, but I guess the, the biggest takeaway is that um, fetal alcohol spectrum disorders affects babies who grow up into adults who still have the same disabilities. I think for, for me, one of the things that I want families to remember and those that are on the support of the individual is that normal is only a setting on the dryer. That life that you knew is definitely different. Um, that it's okay. Um, I love um, Diane Malpin's book, Trying Differently, Not Harder. And we use that all the time because, you know, what's, what is life? You know, for eight years, my kids, we, we folded laundry and rolled socks, underwear, shirt, and pants or short all together and put it in a thing all in my closet, you know, because that's what made life easy. And so I think for us to realize that we just have to look, our, our normal is going to look different and that's okay. I think the main thing I want people to know um, is that you have allies in the school system, that you have teachers in there that get this, that care, um, that no trauma. Um, I'm a foster parent and I was adopted. And I, I want people to understand that there are those of us that make it and there's hope and we grow up and we end up being teachers. We end up being doctors. We end up being administrators. Um, and we have your back in here and we're here to educate and to inform the others too as well. If I were to talk to someone who did not understand what fetal alcohol spectrum dis disorders were or are, I would explain that just because you know someone who has a specific 
um, characteristic or a specific disability, my child with that disorder won't, may not present the same way as somebody else. So when we talk about different, every child that is, or adult that has a fetal alcohol spectrum disorder doesn't necessarily, they're not equivalent across the board. And so we treat them individually um, where they lack in certain areas, they might excel in other areas. And I love, I guess the, the one thing that I really love my, with my boys is that there is a very high sense of creativity that comes with this disorder. I think for me, the thing that I have to remember the most as a parent of several children with FAS is to keep a sense of humor because really things do take longer to process lots of times. There's lots of times that uh, what I say is taken so literal that it's almost hilarious. Uh, for example, one day I said, let's wash the coffee pot, that, wash the filter in the coffee pot. And I meant take the filter out, wash the filter in the coffee pot. And I came home and the whole entire coffee pot's off the counter. I'm like, where's the coffee pot? And she goes, well, I washed it. And I'm like, you what? And sure enough, it was in the dishwasher. It was as clean and crystal as it could be. Uh, coffee pot and filter. <laughs> And so just keep a sense of humor because, I mean, it, it is challenging with raising children that think differently and sometimes are intellectually delayed because of FAS. And so just have a lot of, lot of patience and a sense of humor. I guess the biggest thing for me is learning how to think outside the box and roll with the punches and know that you're not alone. Um, no one child is the same. And Every day is very different and what the child may know one day, they might not know the next day. And we have to have extreme patience and um, strong faith to be able to make it through every single day. Um, but you're not alone. There's always others out there that are going through very similar things and we need to reunite and make those connections and share with others that you're not alone and we can do this together. And that, that got, that's what God always wants us to do is to work together and share together and live life and do life together. I love it. Y'all are getting like a double dose of hope takeaways today because we're learning and awareness takeaways. And then we're going to end with hope takeaways. And I love interviewing a group this size. Oh my goodness. I think I might try to do some more because y'all are giving me such diverse answers and such, you know, it's funny every time somebody says something, everybody's shaking their head. Yes. And I just love that. So that is awesome. Thank you everybody for, for sharing what you want people to take away as far as FASD awareness. That is so important. So Kathy, back to you, what are some goals for the end of we're, we're airing this in November which is Adoption Awareness Month. What are some goals for the end of the year, 2021, and then in 2022? I know Kat mentioned talking about a potential conference or something. Let's talk about what are some upcoming things that you all have that we can look forward to. Getting um, all the logistics about filing a 5013C. I get those letters all mixed up, but I have people who are working on that it's not my area, but I'm glad that we've got people um, putting that together for us. We are officially filed with the state. Our articles are officially filed with the state and we are waiting to, Kat, help me out because I know you know this jargon better than I do. 
filing for the 501c3. Um, by the time this podcast airs, we'll be done. So we won't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, so we'll be official um, nonprofit. So by the time the podcast airs, um, yeah, we would love uh, donations, um, support um, that way. Follow us on Facebook. Um, we'll have our website up and going and things like that. So, yeah, so our immediate goals, yeah, just to get that done, get our um, our website up and running. Um, but what I love about this group and what's happening um, since we started our Facebook page is people are reaching out and we have been um, doing the supporting um, more grassroots. So when a family reaches out and they have a child who um, is in the hospital and struggling, and we do have one right now, um, I'm able to refer them to one of the team members who knows about residential treatment facilities more than I do because my kiddo is young. Um, we had one that was, you know, on the run and just being able to talk and say, you know, I don't know this necessarily, but Jonathan's your is your guy and he can help you out, you know, or if someone is struggling with the educational system, we can we can refer them to Cami, who's an educational advocate. So I love that even though we're not official, we are definitely reaching other Kansas families and supporting them um, and helping them and walking with them on their journey, which is a big part of what we stand for um, and our mission, um, it's beautiful and uh, yeah, beautiful and humbling at the same time. So those are kind of our big things is just keep doing what we're doing and doing it well. You know, um, one of the things we did, um, of course, we talked about the FASD Respect Act, but the Run Fast um, with Rebecca, yeah, that was amazing. And we wanted to have kind of this big carnival thing. Um, I was, we decided to scale way back and do something small and and beautiful. It, it came together so beautifully. Um, and people came that we did not know were coming um, based on just putting it out there that we're doing this event. Um, there was a reunion of a um, adoptive family and a foster family that came together. They didn't know they were both coming. And it was, oh my goodness. Amazing. Jonathan could speak maybe, or maybe you, I'm not sure if you can or not, if you're at liberty. But again, anointed every step of the way. And so, yeah, next year we hope to do another run fast event a little bit bigger and a little bit, you know, flashier. It was um, what we did was great and beautiful and exactly what we needed to do at the time. But, you know, doing everything just a little bit bigger, a little bit better, but still making sure that we're connecting with people. I love that. That's wonderful. And yes, I do remember from your social media post that beautiful rainbow balloon, that arch that you had and the pictures. Again, you guys are rock stars. You take advocacy like up a couple of levels. I loved I loved seeing those pictures and knowing that there were such beautiful stories behind those pictures even makes it more precious. Kat, can you let folks know how people can support, get in touch, donate, any anything like that. Hopefully, again, by the time this episode airs in November, there will be you know plenty of ways that people can follow you, get in touch, support. If you can share that information, I'm giving you a platform. Sure thing. Um, we do have our Facebook page live right at this point, and that is the Kansas FASD Support Network. Um, and so you'll be able to contact us on there. We have an 800 number. That is 1-800-9-KS-F-A-S-D. 
Um, so they can, you know, families need to reach out, we can connect them. Um, so there's all those things we, you know, uh, hopefully we'll be launching up on Instagram, things like that. So people can like follow us and, and we'll be having all that and then being able to um, contact us. We'll have donate page, things like that. Fantastic. And when this episode airs, I will have all of that information in our program notes, as well as on our social media pages so that you can connect with this wonderful, wonderful group. I am so glad we are talking. We are saving this is towards the end of our year, towards the end of our season one, and I'm saving the best for last. You guys are, are just great. I am so thankful to, to know you, to follow you, and to call a parent advocate alongside with all of you, professional, parent, you know, just you guys all. I love the diversity and I love the unity of this group. It's, it's awesome. So let's end. You all know, I like to end. Oh, Kathy. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I just wanted to share a, a big part of what we believe in just as people of faith, but like you were speaking about the diversity and that, you know, our organization, we are all faithful, but we lead with love and we don't discriminate. You know, like that was one of the things we talked about when we formed this team. Um, we wanted to be sure that we had representation from Western Kansas and Southern Kansas and, you know, Kansas City proper, Topeka, um, but that we don't discriminate. That's not what we're about. We support all individuals from wherever, however you walk on your journey. We're here to walk with you on your journey. I guess I felt like I wanted to share that because it's so important. We just believe in that, you know. And thank you for sharing that because it just gives more meaning to the work that you all are doing and that you all have. I, I kind of see y'all as like a family. I really do. You know, y'all have come together like a family, the way a family supports somebody. Y'all are and in true brain base, like Kat was referring to, you know, we all know the, the purple, the little purple book, the trying differently rather than harder by Diane Malvin. You know, if you all are taking the strengths of, of you and your families and contributing them to this wonderful organization. So I love to hear that. And, and I really just appreciate all that you are doing. So let's end on a hope takeaway. Our listeners, there's a lot of hope on this Zoom right now. Let's talk about um, if everyone can share their own little hope takeaway for our listeners, just to let them know that you're here, you understand it. Once again, we're going to go around the Zoom. I'm going to start with Kathy and we'll work our way around. What's your hope takeaway? This came up when we were talking about the run fast, but I believe it about all of us working together collectively and individually. Um, you know, our lives are so messy and we're tired and um, it's just how we are when we're on this journey. But when we come together, um, we make that beautiful, like we're talking about the messiness behind the back of a tapestry. But then when you see the front of the tapestry, how beautiful it is. And so we, that's what I feel like our, our hope and our, um, how we have come together um, in support of families has been beautiful. It has been beautiful. And um, yeah, I guess our hope would be that we, we do continue to keep building and um, connecting families um, and, and just beautiful in the way that God has made it. I think for, for me, one thing to keep in mind for everybody is that the hope and healing are possible. Um, you know, we know that 
we know trauma is messy. We know all this stuff is messy and adoption is, it's beautiful. It's hard. It's icky sometimes, but hope and healing is really, it's attainable for all of us. It takes a little work for, for all involved, but uh, we can do it. And it's, it's beautiful on the other side. Uh, my biggest thing I want people to uh, really understand is that I understand schools and education can be a real point of discouragement uh, for a lot of parents um, struggling with these kiddos. And I, as a high school SPED teacher, I'm kind of the gatekeeper between uh, education and the real world. And when we get out there on their own, and I want them to know that we see such growth. Uh, and these kids throughout their education. And I'm one that gets to place them in jobs and gets to watch them spread their wings. And I just want that parent to know that struggling with the school or wondering if there's hope uh, that there are services out there that there absolutely is hope and these kids can do great things. I believe strongly in the proverb that hope is the one thing never lost. And in our journey as families and those that work with individuals on the fetal alcohol spectrum, we have to maintain that hope. We just continue on in the journey. Um, there's always tomorrow. We have faith in our efforts, that our efforts are changing our children, that our efforts are changing our family members and those that we are around. Um, just as our organization has come from two to four to seven to 63 and still growing, um, we continue to go on. And that's that would be my my biggest wish for everyone is to have hope that our dreams are possible. I think that the hope I get out of this is just to remind families they're not alone and that there are people that have walked to the trenches that will get in the trenches with you and that we just keep putting one foot in front of the other and hang on together. We will get through it. And lots of times what seems impossible on some days when you're dealing with FAS and, and children with challenges, the, the thing that seems impossible sometimes, if you just give it some time and patience, you will find yourself coming out on the other side and, and even grateful and joyful that you did, that you, you stood it out and you worked through it. I just want to say, I think there is hope and strength in numbers and where something may seem a very daunting task to do alone or do with just a few, that we've proven that together we can band together and we can change things. We can change laws, we can change minds, we can educate others and that um, anything is possible and that we need to band together and do this and there is hope and to keep hope alive every day. Wow. This has been the best interview I have enjoyed talking with you all. And I've learned so much from you all. So Kat, Jonathan, Cami, Kathy, Stacy, Holly, and anyone who's not on, but works with Kansas FASD support network. Thank you all for what you're doing in the FASD community. And everybody, you can unmute yourselves. Thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. And just to let the listeners know, this group will be back on in 2022 to provide <laughs> updates about this wonderful organization. So my friends at Kansas FASD Support Network, thank you for being on FASD Hope. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day.
Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.